Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting discussion on all things well-being. This is Dr. Kimberly Quinn here at Champlain College with Dr. Scott Stevens for our new signature series. Okay, so before we get started, I want to say thank you for being with us. And is it okay if I call you Scott? Yes, it is. Okay, excellent. Okay, and Scott is here to speak with us today on this cool, sizzling hot topic of the metaverse. Can, can you explain, you know, to people what that is? Sure, and, and my explanation or definition might not be the final one, but it is the sort of coming together of the virtual worlds, such as um, social media, online gaming platforms, um, your phone, the App Store, Amazon, and the, all those coming together in addition to your actual universe that we live in. Okay, Scott, so, and just so I know, you know, why, why is everybody, like, what's, what's all the buzz about? Why are people talking about it? Uh, well, that's a good question, Kim, because it's everywhere. And I think it goes back to October of 2021 when Mark Zuckerberg made the big announcement that, the company Facebook was changing its name to Meta. And then he went on to express his vision of the metaverse led, I presume by Facebook Oculus and his new company named after the metaverse. And the thing that I sort of found surprising about this was that the metaverse already exists. Uh, we are already knee deep in it. And whenever he was proposing, we should go deeper. I thought, Really, is it, is it necessary to go deeper into the metaverse? We're already there with social media, gaming platforms, the App Store, Amazon, and we can interact with thousands of others while remaining you know, in our rooms. And that, of course, as we've seen over the last two years, has been exacerbated dramatically by the pandemic. Um, and for better or worse, these metaverse interactions follow us when we leave our rooms and we start interacting with others face-to-face -face in traditional fashion. And specifically, I think the extent of the harmful effects of living online are now really starting to be understood. Um, and I might even be late to that game of understanding it, and I'm certainly, you know more about the research in this area than I do. Yeah, you know, this is a, a topic that, you know, both of us are, are uh, very, interested in Scott, but tell me what you know, what you found out recently. Well, and it's not necessarily that I specifically know, but I did watch the testimony on Facebook's internal research um, by Francis Haugen, the whistleblower. Um, and, and that internal research, which was known to Facebook, um, revealed the damage that is caused to young users, especially teen girls, um, where depression and eating disorders were directly linked to and exacerbated by Instagram usage. Um, and, and it makes me think about, you know, how it is uh, generation after generation, um, parents have speculated that, you know, that something's wrong with this next generation and, you know, with, with the Elvis and his pelvis. And I, I apologize to the users for even using that analogy <laughs> because you'll only get it. Uh, if you're over the age of 50 or 60, um, um, you know, but it basically goes like every generation scares and confuses the next generation, the previous one, and then the older generation overreacts. Um, but I think things are different now. I think all those worried parents do indeed have something to worry about. 
I'm worried about it. And um, again, I'm certainly um, aware that you probably have more knowledge on the research in this area. Um, but from a technology or technology governance perspective, which is where I sit as the dean of the ITS division, there are some standard ideas on how to limit the damage. Um, and these are all on the provider side of the equation. Um, and, and one little caveat I'd like to make, I don't think that it's all bad. Um, and one could easily argue that there is more good created by all these various technology advances than there are bad. But that does not um, or should not prevent us from trying to minimize the damage. So the, so the three sort of tacts for approaching this problem from the producer side of the equation come with, um, and I'll, I'll categorize it as three, three types. There's the better angels, where we try to encourage social media companies to do better. There's Section 230, which, predicts, which um, protects these companies from liability. Uh, for content published on these platforms, and then there's fed, federal regulation. Um, I don't have a whole lot of faith in in any of these three, um, and I'll give you a quick summary of why that is. So <clears throat> Scott and I were just talking kind of off the record here, and I'm excited to actually have him talk to, to all of you about this. So, like, what, why... Don't you think these things are working? Um, I guess it's mostly about motivation, right? If we talk about, so uh, let me go with these one at a time. And I promise I'll, I'll land this plane eventually and we'll get back to our conversation point of what we can do about it. But if we try to appeal to the better angels or the consciousness of these big companies, they make their bread and butter engaging more people for more minutes for more days. And the AI, um, I know in this podcast, AI might mean something else. So the artificial intelligence that distributes this content um, has a singular goal, more engagement for better or worse. And what we're finding out is that worse is pretty appealing to the public. It really draws attention and draws eyes. Um, but from a financial perspective, anything that interferes with that model um, is going to cost the company more money or it's going to reduce revenue. So it's, it's, it's hard to believe that they are going to voluntarily break away from that because of the better angels. The second prong is section 230, and that's part of the 1996 communications decency act. And really what this does is it protects, um, protects um, internet providers and social media platforms from civil liabilities. If there was a way to eliminate this and open up these companies for lawsuits, um, there's no doubt that after a few multi-billion dollar um, successful lawsuits, these companies would in fact spend the money and the time and even take some of the losses required to prevent the next one. Um, but it will inevitably limit uh, speech and there's a good chance that these companies would be sued out of business right away. And I don't think the goal is to put them all out of business or even worse yet, you put all of them out of business except one and now you only have one super platform and, and that's bad for, for different reasons. And the third one that I think stands even the least amount of chance is federal regulation. 
um, free speech advocates um, are rightly concerned about who makes the rules and whose speech gets curtailed. All right, so, so there you have it. Uh, I personally have very little faith that any of these three interventions will work on the supply side. Um, and there's no putting this social media metaverse genie back into the bottle. So this brings me to why um, I am here on this particular podcast today. Um, I've spent very little time looking at this issue from the other side, from the user perspective. I've always looked at it from the producer, from the tech side, from the tech governance side. Um, and I think recognizing that that those are big challenges that may or may not be resolved in the next uh, decade or so. How do we as users change the way that we interact with the metaverse in a way to get the most from it um, while minimizing the damage? No, wow, I love this, Scott, because I think, you know, in general, Scott and I were just talking about, you know, well, we're both, we're both parents and both educators. And so we try to for ourselves, and I know like uh, I have well, minor young adults now, separate the controllables from the non-controllables, right? Because we need to do that, be able to manage. Right, right. The God, God grant me the serenity prayer, if I recall. It's, to accept the things that cannot change, what is it, courage to change the things that can and wisdom know the difference. You nailed it. If that must real, have been hanging up on your kitchen wall, too. Yeah, just, a, just a bunch of people and Alcoholics Anonymous in my family. So I got pretty used to it. Mother, but, I think, knitted it. They, put it up but then it looked a little, um, what do you call that? Uh, cross, cross stitch. Yeah, it was a little cross stitch yeah, 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 thing yeah, yeah, hung yeah. up in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> but I think it totally pertains to this, though, Scott, because sure. we've got these cyber giants and little old us trying to teach kids and students. So t what, tell me what you think. Well, the you know, the, the advice that I get um, from a lot of folks is, you know, you have to control how your children, and this is specifically as a parent, um, which is, extra concerning. Um, but they'll say, don't, I don't, I don't let my kids do that. Or I wouldn't let my kids do that. I would limit their usage. I wouldn't let them use their phone. I'd send them to school without a phone. And, and the, and the people that give that advice are of two flavors, extraordinary parents and people without kids. <laughs> right? I love it. Um, you know, it's hard. You're not going to send your, your, your kid to school without a phone. Um, you want to limit their time online and you try, but I've seen it and I failed at it. And, and when I, when I see my kids and this was a while ago, I was dealing with in this more 2008 to 2018, but when they're in that space, in this particular case, they were online uh, gaming platforms, they're in another world and they are in it. And I just pulling them out of it is hard. Even when you do, you, you come out of it. There's a, 10, 20, 30 minute window before it, they're back. Um, and, and they're engaging with all sorts of strange characters involved. You know, the language is one thing, um, but the, in this case, it was almost a, a, a testosterone level that was uncharted. Um, so I don't know how you pull them out of that. I don't know how you make that, um, make that big leap to exiting the, met, the metaverse. Okay, so minimizing the damage. Well, I mean, already I think we should just draw some attention. And I think you and I were just talking about uh, the current 
this current generation of young adults that we have that we're teaching, right, are the most or is the most depressed and anxious generation of young adults the United States has ever seen, right? And we also know you were talking about teenagers, and we know that currently, last I checked, which was recently, it's I think it's an average of nine hours per day, per day, right? On 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 the on the computer, not counting school or work, and largely social media, which brings us to what you're talking about with Facebook is they are, especially teenagers and young adults are more in it than you and I, right? But they're comparing themselves to other body images, to who's in a relationship, who isn't, who was at the party and who wasn't, well, who's going to a good college and who isn't, and who, blah, 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 24-7, 24-7. So that comes back to what you were asking is, okay, there's the damage. And right. now what? Now what do we do? And, it, and it's not just the, the comparison, but sometimes the AI will funnel these um, young adults with body image issues into uh, things like uh, anorexia sites or sites where they're actually given instructions on how to throw up after eating. Like just really, you know, it goes from just the standard body images issues that everyone, especially uh, teen girls would, might have at that age, but really exacerbated beyond just comparison for eight to nine. What did you say? Nine hours? Nine, nine hours per day. Nine hours a day. Times seven. Right. Well, look, if you look at the, uh, what is it, Malcolm Gladwell that says you need 10,000 hours of practice. For expert. Yeah. Right, for experts. So just think of that. We, we have um, millions of experts that could be in any other field, but that are spending it comparing themselves to, um, to others. So what a giant waste of time. What a loss of self-esteem for all those um, users. And, and what do we do about it? Like when you're an educator, I'm an educator. How can we um, help turn this around? Yeah, I'm just thinking about the life minutes because that's really what we're talking about. Right. It, what a Facebook is such a like a black hole for valuable in the moment life minutes. Right, and uh, I have to be careful about casting stones here because I I do my share of it's not necessarily Facebook. It, it's uh, TikTok. I find TikTok much <laughs> much less damaging, but I can okay. still. I can still knock out, um, you know, 20 minutes a day. And, and the thing about TikTok, it gets to know me faster than, than I oh, get to know. Me. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they're, from their AI perspective, in, in 20 minutes, I can say yes or no to 100 or so videos. So it really, it really dials in. It knows me better than I do. For, it knows that I love golden retriever videos and me shuffle too. dancing <laughs> you know things i didn't even know i liked and all of a sudden uh, um, it's feeding it to me so it's a very addictive um social media platform as well it seems to be a little less harmless i think they're i, I look you know it's coming out of china one thing they're better at doing in china is certainly um monitoring what is being delivered so if anything has any chance of offending somebody or coming on the wrong side it, it disappears it literally disappears and, and a lot of good content disappears too but um, it's mostly fun and golden retrievers and, and shuffle dancing from what i can tell yeah, yeah and i'm thinking <laughs> I, I, we, I, we have a golden retriever he's giovanni right um but i'm thinking too like you and i sitting here and, and for me you know, you know we both have youtube channels and i can i can go down that hole too uh, the difference is with you and I, I'm a fabulous 57, 
um, we have more of a an ability to see around the corner from things. Sure. So we, and if that's tugging at us, right? With, with more, a little bit more wherewithal to get that and stop, right? A teenager, young child, teenager, young adult does not have that as much. Oh. Which makes it more dangerous. For sure, and not to give ourselves too much credit, but our brains are pretty well developed. I'd Since like 25. To, <laughs> I'd like to think there's still some room for improvement, but it's not nearly as much as a, a you know an adolescent when they're still trying to build those neurons and, and build up that self-image that gets them through their life. I mean, we have we're not going to be damaged as much. Right. Okay, Scott. So we just kind of, we just realized, Scott. I realized like we kind of like dove into this wormhole. So. We, we don't want to leave our our listeners thinking that there isn't anything we can do. We're both parents of a combined seven children. Young right, adults. right. I did the heavier lift on that one <laughs> with, with five. Um, but and they're all young adults. And the thing is, we're talking about what, what can we do. And there, there's de- there are definitely things we can do. And the first thing I would say is we can't do what we don't know in general, right? If we're just got the blinders on. Yeah. So awareness, realizing that this that we are now a media saturated society and that teens and young adults little kids teens young adults have this pressure to stay connected 24 7 they're comparing themselves to each other all day every day basically basically and it's bringing them down with huge huge rates of anxiety and depression like we've never seen before so awareness having talks with them it, you know, at where they can, where they're able to, you know, you wouldn't talk with a 12 year old, like a 23 year old, right? Certainly. Right. It, I think at some point you can have, still have some control up to a certain age where you can, you know, just not allow them to do things. Um, but as they get older and, and that prohibitive style no longer works, having those conversations of, you know, this is, this is new to our species and it's, and it can be very dangerous and let, you know, you have to make these decisions for your own mental well-being to um, get off, get off the social media, get out of the metaverse. And, and if that entails going outside, meeting with your friends, um, whatever we can do as educators, as parents, hell, as friends, um, to get people as, I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> It was an advertisement by Salesforce. Um, and it was, I saw it on the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. And it, I was moved by enough that I actually rewound it. And then I saw it, it played again at the Super Bowl. So more people saw it. And um, it wasn't really for Salesforce. It was more of a public service announcement by Salesforce, starring none other than Matthew McConaughey. Um, and it was a great, it was a great commercial. And it talks a lot about what, what we're talking about here. Um, it took a little jab at the um, billionaire space race, but then it also took a jab at the metaverse. And, uh, and Matthew McConaughey and that Southern drawl talked about reconnecting with each other. And um, I think that's what we need to, to do more of. And I'd like to thank the good people at Salesforce for bringing that message to the Super Bowl. I did see this. Actually, I think you sent it to me, and it was very good. And so, saying like the the awareness and having a conversation, and I say I will say one of our five young adults knows she saw where she knows when she spends too much time on her phone, her anxiety levels go up. 
So she's in that self-aware place, which is, which is what we want. We're not doing that rigid, you know, no, no, no. She's, you know, in her twenties. Right. So, um, to, and then the, the nature thing too, is just, I can't say enough about the nature thing because with that is also, um, encouraging with whatever ages they are to be in the moment because the, you know, the mindfulness thing and nature just is like an immediate be in the moment right, kind right. of thing. Because we need face-to-face, right, Scott? We need to kind of inject that back into our lives because that we're wired, we're wired for taking in facial cues. Right. And, you know, we, we need it, and it helps develop who we are, but it's so easy to say, eh, I'd rather not go over to so-and-so's house. I'd rather not. Oh, it's so much go. easier now. Right? I mean, especially as I get older, not going to a party oh. is more fun than going yeah. to a party, right? Yeah, so. and with the pandemic, right, we've seen it with college students. It's gone, right. it's not become conditioned, for lack of a better word. Right, right. And we are creatures of habit, and it's difficult to get out of that. But really, we need to tough love ourselves a little bit. Right, right. You know, and certainly we can, with to a degree, with teenagers and young adults. I know that for... For example, we're fortunate we live in the, we live in the country, but when we go for a quick snowshoe for half an hour, Scott, right. they'll admit it. Thanks, Mom. I'm glad you kind of almost like forced but strongly encouraged. Right, you know? right. Come on, come with me, Giovanni, the gold retriever. Come on. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. Right, right. Well, sometimes you do it, and you're like, "Wow, my kid couldn't look any more miserable." But you got to get through that too, <laughs> right, right, because right, right, right. Uh, in the end, it's those it's the disconnecting virtually and connecting. Um, in reality. And, and like, the graphics are better. And the graphics are better. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's, it's the thing is that, and I had them when they were uh, younger, not not always liking it, but then afterwards saying it was good because it, it gave them a break from their, like the break right. from their phone. They would actually admit that. My students at here at Champlain have actually said that at the end of Minecraft. So not all, it's all off and under the chair. Right, right. And slowly they start to forget. A few of them started left their phones there after, like, towards the end of the. They just got yeah, yeah. better with it, and they realized when they unplugged the drug for longer, they actually start to feel better. So I think we were you know, we were heading sort of down a hole, right? And the now two we're of better. us, we're back. right, right. We're like, <laughs> oh, we really dug ourselves into this one. But I think I think recognizing the magnitude of the problem and that it takes awareness and diligence and making decisions that aren't the easiest ones mm-hmm. are really um, the best way to combat this because it's it's not going away. No, and just pay attention to how you feel. Yeah. Right? This tells us a lot. Excellent. Wow, this has been such a just, a, a, just an amazing conversation, Scott. I'm going to guess our viewers are going to think so as well because it's so timely regardless of your age you know what i mean um okay so this i'm just so so thrilled that um we're able to have you today to talk about this well, thanks for having me Ken. oh yeah totally so all right then we're gonna wind up this is kimberly quinn and scott stevens signing off from the beautiful champlain college campus in burlington vermont have a mindful day <laughs>